Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is time for Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. Looking forward to continuing our conversation on finding hope with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Well, good morning, Heidi, and welcome back. Time to uh, dig into more of finding hope. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. So this morning, we're moving on to the next chapter, next section in the book. Uh, safety and knowing is the uh, the topic or the theme for this chapter. Um, and this is in the the section on like uh, messes in us, right? And in family, correct? Yeah, it really is an emphasis on family life. Although uh, mm-hmm. these do, you know, ripple out. All of the pieces ripple out. And so we are going to find uh, within this our own needs and what we have internally um, and in our relationship with God. But then it is going to be really centered around this place that God has created for us called family. And within that arena of family, mm-hmm. we have the topic of safety and knowing. So let's start with safety. Mm-hmm. Why is safety important in family life? I think this is something we really take for granted. Uh, We assume it is what I mean. We believe that it's something that is, of course, there. And so we end up not talking about uh, the importance of it or the absence of it at times and how that does impact people. And that really is an outcry of brokenness in our lives is that lack of safety at times in our families. And this is to some degree universal. Families are imperfect just as we are imperfect. Um, And so there will be times where we don't feel entirely safe, whether uh, physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, relationally. And that is partly because there is a a broken intimacy um, with the fallen to sin, with an imperfect world. Our people in our lives, even when well-meaning, won't always be able to protect us from everything. Um, The world will have its stuff that comes in. And as a parent, I know myself, I don't always know how to deal with it in order to protect my kids from it. And some stuff I just can't. You know, there is loss that's going to exist and our families are impacted by it. Um, And then in other ways, I think we do need to be talking about more uh, emotional safety in particular, how to have conversations around emotions. uh, Because I see so often in my therapy practice, as well as the church, uh, the impact of not having our families uh, emotionally aware uh, never talking about emotional regulation and also not allowing uh, for emotion in our family life at differing degrees, of course. Um, and then not being able to talk about really, really challenging stuff, what we call ACEs, um, those adverse childhood experiences that deeply impact us and leave the marks of trauma will at- impact us later in life, even when we are resilient and will be passed on if we aren't able to um, have some healing and some restoration in that. And this is where I think therapy, of course, has a place and a purpose for all of these layers. Uh, but so does the church. You know, we need to be having these conversations in the family of God. We need to be able to uh, provide resources as well as um, 
having spiritual care and counseling and things like that when we aren't sure how to confront these things. I appreciate that this chapter on safety and knowing follows almost directly after we talked about vulnerability. <laughs> because with that with that vulnerability, in order to to be vulnerable in a family relationship or maybe any relationship, you have to have that safety. Otherwise, you don't feel safe enough mm-hmm. to be vulnerable and to, to deepen those relationships. It's so true, Sarah. And, you know, we often look at safety as a very objective thing that, mm-hmm. that I put your seatbelt on so you're safe. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, I asked you, how do you feel about that? And so that's a safe place to answer that when it's much more complex than that. And one thing I offer is definitions in the book. And Uh, my first definition for safety is a perceived sense of protection. And so it is a reality of parenting and family life that there will be places where our parents were not able to give us what we needed in that moment, Um, sometimes by their own most grievous fault, and sometimes because that's just the way it is. It's hard. Um, And they might have even tried their very best, but there was something that we perceived, um, our system even perceived, our body perceived. Um, This is why when really small children have a lot of anxiety, um, it isn't always objective. It's not something we can say like, oh, just, you know, think of birthday parties and then you'll be better. Um, They have a, for whatever reason, like a heightened sense that their safety is, uh, is in, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of the word, like in harm's way, if you will, that they have an alertness about it. Um, And we as parents really offer the attachment that we have, that intimacy and vulnerability that we have with them, uh, that's what we can give them. Uh, When we try to give them tools, that's good, but just know that you can't always change the perception from the body. (laughs) Our heart and soul and mind and strength sometimes have a mind of their own, as we all know. And so responding to the attachment and responding to kindness, care, affection, grace, uh, God's spirit alive in us and, and holding us with them will be a very powerful way to offer safety when their bodies and minds aren't necessarily responding to the tools. So this chapter is called Safety and Knowing. Why is knowing a significant part of this chapter and the book as a whole? Sure. I love the term knowing. It's not one we utilize in our everyday language for relationship. Um, I think it's such a deep word to describe the intimacy and vulnerability uh, combination that comes in relationship that we need. And it's a very biblical word. It's a way that God describes relationship. Um, And I think that if you ever studied theology or attended a Lutheran school, there was probably some joking around about the term being used for sexual intimacy in particular in the Bible. Um, In the Old Testament in particular, when it uses the word knowing, oftentimes you're talking about a very particular form of knowing in sexual intimacy. Um, There is a much broader concept of knowing in Scripture as well. And that's something we talk about in this chapter, uh, that it has to do with also the intellect. It commonly 
addresses intellectual knowing, where you do have knowledge, just like we would use it in our current culture. But there's a really cool thing about knowing in relational context in scripture that's a little bit different that is connected to the word revealing or when things are being revealed. Um, So, you know, when Paul says in scripture that he wants to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, that's a depth of relational knowing I don't think we have a word for in our language. It's a spiritual knowing, but also an emotional knowing. Um, There's vulnerability and intimacy in that. Um, But there's also the desire for some revelation there, to see God at work, um, to know Him in a way that uh, isn't possible without the Holy Spirit. And so I think that that passage in particular helps us to understand the idea of knowing a little bit more. And the beauty of it is, God offers that for us with him, which is that ultimate safe place. But He's God is so cool that he gives us more. He always gives more grace. And so he offers this kind of depth of relationship with the people that we are most intimate with in our life, the safest people. Then we want to build a sense of knowing alongside that safety, which is, um, I want you to be revealed to me. I want to see who you are. I want to know more about you, not just in my head, but in our connectedness, in the day-to-day, in our routines, in our rhythms. And also, uh, I think about my my teenagers as they grow into young adults. I want to I want to see who you become. And I want to see who you become after that. When you get to middle age, I want to see that. And when I'm elderly, I want you to know me in that place and stage and how I've grown. And so sin is always part of this because when we let people see our darkest parts and our hardest parts, that's a depth of knowing that is far different than the world offers. God offers us you know, that complete safety to be known by him no matter what we do, it says in Psalm 139. Uh, But with people in our lives, we can reveal that to them and they can reveal that to us. And it builds that sense of knowing. Can you dig into the the second definition that you offer in the book for knowing? I, I, I like what you do with it as these things being perceived as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the second definition we offer is a relational state in which all parts of one's character, experiences, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are perceived as a whole. And I think that is a unique place, again, in a depth of relationship where someone takes all of me, no matter how messy that is, um, They are not picking and choosing like I'm a buffet, right? And we can treat God like this too. I want the buffet pieces of God that I like about him. Um, We don't want to do that with God, but we also don't want to do that with our loved ones. And so understanding that in the moment I see them right now, they are made up of their past, their present, and their future hopes. They have experiences, thoughts, um, feelings, and behavior. It's not just my toddler throwing a fit or my teenager talking back or my good friend ignoring me via text or something. It is a bigger picture than that. Um, And so offering that kind of knowing then where you're able to see them as whole people in those instances is then also offering them safety that the world is not going to give. We're taking a look at the chapter safety and knowing in the book Finding Hope. 
from Brokenness to Restoration by Deaconess Heidi Gaiman here on Mental Health Monday on The Coffee Hour. We have more to chat about this topic of safety and knowing, and we'll do that in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday on The Coffee Hour. We are talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, digging into finding hope from brokenness to restoration. Today, we're looking at the chapter on safety and knowing. Uh, we've, we've talked about the definition of these terms. What's the relationship between safety and knowing? I feel like they're really inextricable, like they're almost impossible to pull apart because without the safety, can you really get to the depth? And then without the depth, are we really talking about safety? (laughs) And so, you know, they both are intricately woven, like so many ways that God weaves things in this world. This is one of them. Um, That said, I think they do also build one another and tear down one another. And so if I impact the knowing, like we were just talking about, if I am uh, finding out more about you, if I'm offering you safe places to tell your story, and then you're doing the same for me, then we are building safety in that relationship alongside depth. And then if I'm offering safety, wow, have I just opened the door to being able to tell my stories and for you to tell yours and to share. Um, I think it's so interesting because when we talk about the gospel, I think of how often we want to deliver the gospel before we have built any kind of safety and knowing. And I do think that God builds these things without us, of course. You know, he is always at work and he is safety and knowing themselves, I think. But we do have to be aware if even we're sitting on a plane talking to a complete stranger for two hours, that there needs to be these elements in order for the vulnerability and the intimacy to be there so that the gospel is, um, I think, able to be received. And that there is a safety in receiving it. And it isn't a judgmental thing. It is heard as um, God's redemptive work in someone's life uh, and all that good stuff that we want the gospel to be. So I think in that way, it's also related, I guess, in a more specific kind of ministry sense. So then how in our brokenness, since this book is about brokenness in our lives. How then uh, does brokenness make safety necessary for us? Absolutely. One thing I write in the book at the beginning of the chapter is I have noticed that sometimes the chaos of brokenness looks kind of average. Every family deals daily with household chore arguments and run-of-the-mill who did what, where, and when, who failed to show up and do X, Y, and Z. But sometimes brokenness in families isn't so average. It can also be shocking and traumatic. No matter how it barges in, brokenness means that relationships will always be work 
especially our most intimate ones. And so I think, you know, we want them to not be work or effort, but without the work and effort, there isn't safety. And because brokenness exists, it will be more work and effort to get there. Um, and I just, I wish it was different. You know, I, but do I, I don't know, do we want easy in our relationships? Um, I think sometimes we convince ourselves that's what we want, but there's nothing like walking away from a conversation with someone that has depth to remind you that the work is really worth it. And the same thing in our family life, when we are able to have that safe place of uh, like the balm of Gilead that I know is Jesus Christ alive and well, but then I get a sense of that because of the people in my life. Um, I think that makes the brokenness able to be navigated you know, much more, quote unquote, easily, if you will, or uh, much more clearly. And so I think the brokenness makes it not only uh, necessary to have safety, it makes us really kind of desperate for it. Um, and that desperation uh, hopefully also points us to Jesus because he is the ultimate safety. So you, you, you've referenced Jesus being our safety and and knowing as well. How does having that safety and knowing with Christ impact our safety and knowing in our relationships with others? Oh, this is so complicated. You know, the intermingling, right? I, I just feel like that's the million dollar question right there. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. And I'll answer the, uh, I'll answer the, the nice way first, I guess. <laughs> we'll go toward the nice assumption that it's impacting it well. Um, so having Christ in our life with him as complete safety is uh, manifold in its impact that I, I can impact people in my life. But when God is present, you know, his impact is always so much greater. And really, can I impact without God working? I don't know. You know, that's like uh, a theological conversation. Uh, but I think we believe that, like, we need Christ to have that real eternal impact that lasts and lasts and builds and grows in the ways we want it to. And so I do think Christ, just as in everything else, makes everything that we're talking about better. Uh, he makes it more full, certainly. Uh, and I think he can, just his very presence, because it is redemptive, because it is the gospel meeting the law of our life that's going to be there, whether we want it to or know about it or not, it is safe. It is intimate. Um, and so he, Christ just makes everything better. <laughs> um, that said, there are areas of abuse and areas where people have utilized Christ, who have utilized his name or utilized his church or utilized uh, some aspect of him, like the word of God, to perpetuate ab abuse. And so I think this conversation gets real complicated really fast in the brokenness of the world, because that then 
doesn't just impact our relationship, unfortunately, with that person who is in the wrong or with the church who is not, you know, working to stop the abuse or to know about it or whatever is happening. Uh, But it does impact our relationship with God, unfortunately. And I think that is a great mystery of God that he has allowed us to impact the the narrative, you know, he could uh, intervene in all those areas, but sometimes he doesn't. And so I think that is deeply disappointing to people, uh, that brokenness in particular is deeply disappointing to people. And so I think we need to be especially aware of this in our culture now. Uh, People a lot of times don't just leave the church uh, because they forgot to go, you know, or because they just got out of the habit. Uh, people often leave, whether intentionally or unintentionally, because there has been some hurt. Um, And some of these hurts are uh, really deep and impact uh, our ability to even find safety then in family life or in other areas of our life. And so just understanding that, yes, Christ does make things better. um, And we do have, there is accountability for us in representing him and bringing his word to bear in people's lives um, and creating knowing and protection and safety for them uh, so that they see him clearly and his redemption clearly instead of some other version of him. Mm -hmm. So much good stuff there. How do we get to this place of safety in our relationships? And this may be more than the five minutes we have left, <laughs> but but how, how do we work towards that? Knowing that there's brokenness in our relationships, and that can be on a, a vast vast continuum, uh, depending on what your relationships look like in your families. How do we work towards those places of safety and knowing in our relationships? Yeah, I like to look scripturally at how God responds to us. I mean, we're he he does occasionally respond even in anger, right? And he responds in a whole lot of love. Um, and he responds with uh, information and revealing himself to us. And so I think I can give you in our five minutes, since we're limited to a few specific tools for building knowing and safety in your family um, life or in whatever relationships that are before you that this conversation uh, brings to mind. Um, and one is certainly validation. That is, I feel like my magic word. I'm just using it all over the place lately. Uh, and I hope people get tired of it because it's just so important. Um, and validation is basically what we do and say to help people feel seen and heard uh, and and a little bit to be understood, but that's a whole complicated thing. So we'll stop with seen and heard. Uh, so if I if you say something to me, the simplest thing like me saying mm-hmm is validating. It, it says that I heard you, right? Uh, I can there's there's different layers of validation and one of my favorite things in therapy is to work through six specific ways that people experience validation that we know from research um, and I love how these pop up in scripture too so validation also comes in someone hearing our story and listening to our story that's one method and then also sometimes sharing in our story or like asking if you would like some help or um, entering into it in some way, bringing insight, all different ways. Um, And so validation is a really powerful thing when we uh, are 
are reciprocal in our validation then, especially. So this is where it works like in family life or friendship is when I'm validating you, but you also offer that to me that really, really builds safety. Um, when that's not happening, the one of the pieces of grace that we can give is to validate even when someone else isn't bringing that into our lives, because that's what God does for us, right? He says, I see you, I hear you, um, when we ignore him all the time. Um, and so I think that that's a really powerful thing that sometimes we can offer to other people that is a very small piece of grace in their lives. Um, do you want me to keep going or do you have any thoughts on that? Go ahead. I only have the only other question I have is really brief. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and then the other thing I would say that is really powerful for safety in knowing is, um, you know, of course, physical safety. We do want to make sure that the people in our lives um, understand that we take their physical safety seriously. And this sounds really silly, but, you know, understanding that our environment, like if we have someone who's disabled in our family, making sure it is accessible for them and however we can, you know, um, if we have someone who has a mental health condition, being aware of ways that um, that's going to impact their life and, and maybe doing a little bit of adjustment, at least you don't have to do every adjustment known to man. But um, just as we buy car seats for small children, offering just whatever way when we look at someone's life that we can make our environments feel warm and hospitable to the people in our lives, that's part of building knowing and safety. And it's kind of like the basic platform that we build those conversations and other stuff off of. Um, that we take for granted. And then the last thing I would say has to do with emotion coaching. And I don't, have we talked about emotions yet? Maybe we've already gone through emotions. We have. So, but you know, I yes. could talk about that all day long, but I would refer the listener back to our emotion episode because there's a lot of good details in there of how we treat emotions that builds knowing and safety. So wrapping up safety and knowing today, next week, we're going to take a look at childhood. Is that right? Yeah. That is, I'm very excited. I, I can't even wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hold on. <laughs> we got, we'll cover it in just a week, but uh, you can find Finding Hope from Concordia Publishing, lcbh.org. You can check it out there and uh, you can follow along with us each week mm -hmm. here on Mental Health Monday. You know, read the chapter ahead and then you'll, you'll know what we're going to be talking about <laughs> in the coming week. It has been uh, a joy talking with you again this week. Happy National Lutheran Schools Week, by the way, everyone. Yes. Happy National Lutheran Schools Week. This week, we have the chance to check in with a number of Lutheran schools coming by the International Center for Lutheran mm. Schools Week. So we'll share those with you throughout the week and maybe even to the following week as well. Happy Mental Health Monday. Thanks so much, Heidi. Have a great week. You too. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.